You're all good? Okay, no worries. Yeah, I'll light that, um, light that fire up first thing in the morning. Cool. Cheers, mate. All right. Welcome back. Um, I would like to say thank you very much for everyone that's shown support. The, uh, the podcast actually went uh, a lot better than what I was expecting. Um, and the, uh, the, the response I got was actually a lot better than what I was expecting. So I would like to thank everyone that, um, that gave me uh, constructive criticism. Um, I'm going to make a few changes, um, mostly to the audio level and a few bits and pieces like that. But uh, um, as, as far as the frequency goes of these episodes, um, originally I was going to shoot for, um, for one every two weeks. But um, going off the, uh, the feedback that I've had, um, I might try and shoot for, uh, for one a week. But um, I'll see how, t- uh, how everything goes time constraints wise. And uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. So this is my mate, Chris. Chris, thank you very much for, uh, for joining us. Oh, good. So, Chris, who are you right now? Who is, who is Chris at the moment? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> at the moment, I am a small business owner. Um, I run a, a coffee roasting business up on the mid-north coast of New South Wales. Yep. We're also in the process of setting up a, uh, a property. So we, we bought uh, 31 acres up here last year, um, about 12 months ago. Um, we were involved in the, uh, the the black summer fires last year. Um, so our property was fully, uh, fully engulfed by f- uh, fire last year. So we're sort of just on the rebuild um, phase of that at the moment. So, um, yeah, we've got the, the, the bulldozer pushing over dead trees as we speak um, so that we can start... Um, rehabilitating the bush and, and putting in some pasture for uh, for some future animals. So, yeah, that's about me at the moment. So a, a coffee roaster slash uh, part-time farmer. <laughs> Excellent. Very, very cool. So, Chris, uh, how do I know you? Um, well, it goes back a fair way. Um, I think I was five or six when we moved in uh, next to you guys in Bullaburra in the Blue Mountains. Um, so, yeah, basically... Uh, I lived there until I was about, I think, about 21. Um, and, yeah, got up, up to all sorts of mischief growing up. Um, had lots of good fun stories, some of which I'm <laughs> sure we'll talk about today. Um, well, but, I, yeah. I was, I, was trying to, um, I was trying to figure out myself uh, before, I, um, before I called you. So I started, um, I started kindergarten at OLN, which I'm pretty sure you went to as well yep. for, at, at some stage. Yep. I started kindergarten in 88, and I'm pretty sure you guys moved in before 88. So it must have been uh, mid-80s? Yeah, I... Uh... I think it was eighty. Uh, I think it was eighty-eight as well. I think we. Okay. I was already going to OLN, but um, before we moved in. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I have. I have a memory of. I think we were building the house still in oh, eighty-eight. That's right. you, you, you guys did build that house, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I think mum and um, mum and dad were still building the house in eighty-eight because um, sure. I remember being in our previous house um, for the bicentenary, bicentenary, which was, uh, yeah, 88. So, um, right. yeah, but it's a long time Holy ago. Crap, that, that was a long time ago, man. <laughs> yeah. And um, like myself and, and my younger brother and, and yourself and your older brother and sisters, we, I mean, geez, we, we essentially grew up together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I was sort of reflecting on that um, recently and, you know, the childhood that we had, we, you know, there weren't too many boundaries, um, physical or literal. <laughs> we used to sort of just um, basically wander off into the bush and come back yeah. at night, you know, that stereotypical cliched, uh, you know, come back when the streetlights we're on um but yeah that's right that's I, it now yeah. do do you think that that was um that was just the um time or the age that we grew up in or do you think that like our, our parents are, are pretty close and, and are still pretty close yeah do you think it was just uh like you know because your your sister and your brothers or your brother and your two sisters are, are older than you are you know there were i mean there were pretty good supervision as well but i mean would you would you let your kids at that age go running off into the bush all day? Um, I, uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think that you know the world has probably changed a little bit since then. But um, you know, having the the um, I guess the advantage of living where we do now, then yeah, I probably would. Um, mm. You know, we're not in suburbia, we're not in the city. Um, ah, yes. So that that sort of has some advantages. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, that's one of the, the things I liked about my childhood the most. And Alex is, um, my wife is, is the same. She, um, you know, grew up, up up here on the mid-north coast and, and you know, she, whereas we're on push bikes and, and bushwalking, she used to take the horses um, out and, ah, and of course. yeah, just go, gallivanting um through the through the bush on the horses so yep um, when you think yeah. about it we covered we covered some mass kilometers on our bikes yeah 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 i was thinking about it we yeah we used to like ride through the national park down like down to to lawson and we didn't really know where we were going yep. like we were just following a path we didn't actually yep. know where that path led and then we came out and i like Ah, we're at the pool or <laughs> ah, we're on, you know, wherever. Um, That's right. Growing up the way we did it, I, I guess, you know, as I got older, we, you know, through um, through school and, um, and, and other organisations learnt, you know, map reading skills and that sort of stuff, but we didn't have any of that when we started. <laughs> no, that's right. And, I mean, we, um, we, we grew up pre-internet essentially as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think pretty good pretty good way um to grow up but uh, i think so yeah not everybody was as lucky as us i don't think <laughs> no no um it's it's actually really funny because like I I, I I reminisce with a few of my mates that that did grow up you know close to the city or western sydney and stuff like that and they they never did stuff like that um it was you know if um if if they had to go out it was always with their parents or you know they went to the park and it was never unsupervised and i don't know i i think it I think it gave us a, it definitely gave us a sense of freedom, but um, definitely a sense of responsibility as well for ourselves. Yeah. Would you, Would you let um, your kids do the same? Oh, I don't know. Look, I was um, probably much like you. I was probably re- I've I've been reflecting on a few bits and pieces like that, and I I do agree with you that the world's changed. Um, I'd I'd love to give my kid the same upbringing that that we had because it was it, it was such an incredible upbringing. Mm. Um, but I just, I just don't know. Um, I don't know. I, look, I suppose it's a, it's a, it's an age-old problem. Like, at, at what point, as a parent, do you, you know, do you take that step and and let go and let your kid 
you know, do that, you know, independent responsibility thing. Yeah, yeah. And not having kids uh, yet, you know, I find it very easy to answer that. <laughs> Things might change. <laughs> yes. I mean, look, like I said before, well, like we were extremely lucky in that, like you had, um, you know, older sisters and an older brother as well. So there mm. were, there, there, I think there was enough age spread between us because none of us are all the same age. No. Um, we, we had enough age spread that, you know, there was, there was always a, a responsible someone with us at some stage, but I mean, as, as we got older as well, it, it, it went from, um, you know, uh, running through the bush or riding bikes to also playing video games and watching, watching very, very scary movies. I remember, I remember staying over at your house, watching very, very scary movies that, uh, my mum and dad may not have known about. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're the same at your place. So <laughs> I, I still remember watching, um, I mean, we we're older then, but, um, watching the original um, Japanese uh, grudge at your place with <laughs> subtitles and then having to, to like, I mean, yeah, from from our, your place to our place was 20 <laughs> metres, but I came out at, like, midnight and it was foggy <laughs> and I remember sprinting all the way home so I was petrified. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. So you ended up going to a different high school, and I believe you left uh, primary school in the last couple of years. Is that right? Yeah, so I left, um, yeah, OLN and, and went to um, uh, a private school where mum mum taught. Um, yep. Yeah, main, mainly just because it was easier for um, mum because all, all the older kids were already at the at the high school, so she yep. didn't have to... Yeah. <laughs> get us to two different schools. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so we were yeah, very lucky with that. So I remember, I remember as a kid, uh, obviously being a lot younger. Um, I was, I remember being very heartbroken that that um, we weren't going to the same school anymore. But it, like afterwards, it, it really didn't matter much because, like, we we still would see each other. Uh, I, I would say some afternoons and more than likely most weekends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And then, and then you guys got the pool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> got the pool for Christmas one year. I remember, I remember having long discussions with you about whether or not we could make it from jumping my, from oh. my balcony into the pool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it had been a, a, a an in-ground pool with a bit of depth, then yes, possibly, <laughs> but I'm glad we never tried being, it was a, an above ground pool and probably only waist deep. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure there would have been some broken ankles involved if we had have tried it. <laughs> well, I mean, lucky for us, it was, it was pre mobile phones and pre YouTube. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. So after school, um, where did you end up running off to? Cause over the years, uh, before you sort of settled down where you are, you've, you've worn many, many, many hats. Yeah, yeah. So to school, started a, a degree in uh, environmental biology, and uh, and while doing that, I um, I started working uh, with my old man. My old, uh, dad um, was working for a company that recycled and disposed of uh, hazardous chemicals. Um, so I started uh, working there just as a part time job, um, and. Uh, yeah, just sweeping floors and um, and yeah, basically just stayed with that and got some internal promotions and 
worked my way up to uh, to a state manager with them um, eventually ten years later. So um, sort yeah, of did right. lots of lots of different things for the, for that company. Um, yeah, so as I said, started sweeping floors and, and sorting paint cans, would you believe, into oil basin and water-based paint for <laughs> recycling. Um, and then, yeah, um, moved up to, to work as a, um, as a driver, um, never driving the big trucks, just the little ones. Um, and then took over a job uh, basically managing the, uh, the warehouse. Um, yep. And, and then, yeah, moved into sales and then, yeah, eventually moved over to, to Perth to, to set up a branch of the company. Um, and, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was sort of my, my progression through that company. So in, in that time that you are at that company, our, our paths crossed again. It, it's not that we lost touch at all. No. But our, our paths crossed again because at that time you were living in Sydney. Yeah. And at that time, I was also living in Sydney, like right in Sydney. Yeah. Can you remember how our paths crossed? Mm, oh, well, I remember. No, not really. I remember. Was to do with, was Jason involved in it somehow? Uh, no, not, not really sure. I can't really remember. I remember the, the night um, that we were watching... Uh, Evil Dead at your parents' place. <laughs> oh yes, uh, Evil Dead. <laughs> and I think we'd, I think maybe we'd already moved out, or that we'd. Or I can't remember. Like it was definitely, we were definitely older. Like I, I, I think I was already at uni. I definitely oh. was already at uni at that. You stage. know what it was? Didn't you? weren't you? Didn't you have a party somewhere and you had a photo of me? No, well, no I was no. having a. No. I was having a party and there was a photo of you somewhere? No, no, no. It was, um, it was a, a, a photo of um, one of my friends, Jess, at her uh Oh, at her that's formal. right. Yeah, so. And it, and it turned out that my ex also went to school, to her school. with her. And, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, I, I remember that, um, that time, but I don't remember how, how we crossed paths in, in Sydney. No, I can't remember either. I remember turning up at your place in Sydney somehow, not maybe not not realizing it was your place or something like that. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a weird small world like that. Yeah. Well, we had we had a, a lot of house parties at, at, at that first house in uh, in Leichhardt, and yeah, we had we had lots of um, random interactions like that um, <laughs> with yeah, sort of people coming in and going, oh, how do you know so and so, or how do you. No, so and so, and and uh, and that hap- that kept on happening um, even to um, after we moved out of the house. Um, a friend's little brother, who who we used to go to the uh, to the soccer with, um, uh, who became a uh, a police officer. Um, he uh, he he said, "Oh, I I I, I, uh, I went on a, a, a we we went on a, a, a drug bust." Um, and, and I, I, I knew I'd been in this place, but I couldn't oh, remember where. No. And it turns out that it was our old house. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so he, yeah, he, uh, he yeah, it, it, that house was a bit of a random one like that. It, um, <laughs> brought people together randomly. So, yeah. uh, very interesting. Um, and was it sometime in that time as well that you were, you ended up in Orange? Yeah. At some stage, I moved to Orange, and then somehow you ended up 
turning up there as well? Uh, yeah, I, so I, when I was working with that hazardous waste company, I used to, um, uh, we used to do runs right throughout New South Wales and uh, I sometimes used to go along with the truck driver to, to do um, specific uh, jobs. So if they, we used to do some neutralisation of uh, some explosive compounds and um, uh, sensitive compounds. So if there was anything sure. like that, I used to go out with the truck driver and just lend the hand and, and actually do that work. Um, so I think one of them was out to um, – we went out past – through parks and, uh, and and back in through Orange. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was a good good role to see all sorts of country, but, <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I remember us, um, I remember us partying fairly hard out in Orange as well. Um, yeah. And then, um, so you, you finished up in, um, you, you lived in Perth for a fair while, didn't you? Yeah, so we were over in Perth for... Uh, six years, six years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I ended up, um, the, the company that I worked for, um, was, uh, was bought out by a Perth based company. Um, evidently we had been a little bit too successful in taking work off them. Um, so uh -huh. we, okay. we'd taken, um, a couple of contracts off them, um, and, uh, that was during the mining boom over in Perth, um, mm -hmm. and so they had lots of lots of money uh, in 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 the, the accounts. So rather than compete with us, uh, they just bought us out nationally. So yeah, right. Um, so during that time, I was headhunted by another company. So I was sort of made redundant and headhunted at the same time. So that was a a pretty good outcome. Um, Very cool. But uh, yeah, sort of. Um, Worked for another 18 months um, for another waste company, but sort of wasn't enjoying it as much. And yep. um, that's how I, I got into coffee. I um, had my midlife crisis fairly early <laughs> and, uh, and, and bought a coffee van um, and haven't looked back really. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So um, you moved from Perth because so, you were doing the coffee thing in Perth. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, in Perth. Yep. So I did okay. that for three years uh, or four All years. Right. Yeah. And then you um, you moved back to New South Wales and uh, pretty much continued with the coffee thing. Yeah. So we we came back to New South Wales the long way round, basically by a, a four four month overseas holiday. <laughs> so <laughs> um, we packed all this stuff up and. Uh, and um, sent it over, and, and, and we went travelling for a fair while. Um, and then, yeah, sort of when we landed back in, in New South Wales, we were trying to figure out what to do, and um, it looked like Alex was going to get a job down in Sydney um, um, doing something that she'd always wanted to do, which was um, sort of uh, artificial intelligence and uh, business analytics, um, mm -hmm. something that she's pretty interested in um yeah. and so yeah so i i you know looked like she was going to get that job and so i applied for a job as a coffee roaster and uh and got it and then um alex decided that she didn't actually want to to, to take the job so um we were a little bit torn so i'd, I'd got this job and and then she decided she didn't want it so she moved up the coast and i stayed in sydney for uh for a year so okay yeah so 
Yeah, that's how. Very cool. Yeah. How about you? How did you end up in Oberon? Oh God. Um, <laughs> I um I I hopscotched around the Central West, yeah. New South Wales, to be honest. Um, Blaney and Orange and Bathurst and a few other places, but look, I um. Uh, the the short story is that uh, at the time I was living in Sydney, um, I was working for an engineering firm. Uh, I went for a job in sales in Chatswood for a uh, for a company that owned a factory out here. Mm-hmm. Um, they pretty much said that I was I was way too overqualified and too old, uh, mind you. I, was, I think I was only in my mid twenties. I was then. about to say you couldn't have been too old. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so they uh, they but they said, look, I'll. Um, uh, we've, we've got this managerial job um, out out in in where I live now, and um, you know we'll we'll pay you to move and we'll pay your rent and we'll pay all this sort of stuff and all you need to do is just go and do it. And I mean, look, it's um, I've I've lived out here before. It wasn't that bigger sea change, um, and at that stage as well, um, Sydney was like really really starting to pick up. So it was it was getting busier. It was becoming more crowded and overpopulated and uh, yeah, I just, I, I was, I was quite happy to, um, I was quite happy to get out. So yeah, I ended up moving out here and originally I moved to Bathurst and commuted in, which was about, uh, almost an hour commute. Um, okay. yeah, I ended up, uh, moving into, moving into Oberon and buying and essentially nesting here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yes. Um, so other hats that you, uh, that you have worn in the past and, and current do currently uh, where is yep. that you're a volunteer firefighter? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Um, now, yeah. So grew up doing that. <laughs> so you were saying before that um, your 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 property where you live now was impacted by the um, by the fires that came through in December, January, February in um, in New South Wales or most of Australia. Yep. Um, how was it being on the receiving end of it? Yeah, it was a bit different. Um, uh, I. It's funny, I'd spent the first um, three months that we had moved in here um, basically doing a lot of fire prep um, because the previous owner that that had this place had sort of um, uh, not let it go, but he, he sort of hadn't um, maintained it very well. He, uh, he had a motocross track up the back um, that he obviously stopped riding just before he put it on the market <laughs> and... Uh, and so it was all uh, about chest high grass um, oh. that backed right onto the bush, um, oh. and also yeah, right through the bush um, is was a whole heap of she oak um, shrubs or mm-hmm. small sapling trees of, of she oak, and they they got pretty well in the fire. Um, so yeah. I'd sort of spent the first three months. Um, slashing and 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 digging out she oak um just to reduce some of the fuel um on the on the bush boundary um and and i i literally just picked up our firefighter pump um alex's parents um excuse me um sorry i'll just start again i've got something in my throat um yeah so i literally just uh picked up our firefighter pump um, from getting a service because uh, Alex's parents um, had an old one that, that they didn't need anymore. So I, I got it um, and, and sort of just did a very, bit of a refresh on it and got a new yep. firefighter hose for it. And so I picked it up um, three days before the fire. <laughs> um, so it still didn't have a nozzle for it. Um, I was actually down in Sydney 
when the fire started. Um, so I raced oh. home and uh, stopped in at Newcastle on the way through and, and bought a new um, new nozzle for the um, for the fire hose. Um, yep. And uh, and yeah, so it was it, it was different. I knew that the house was defendable um, mm-hmm. and, and the property was defendable. Um, what I wasn't prepared for was not having the big red truck there that you can just dry, grab another length of hose off. Um, ah, yes. <laughs> yep. So it, it sort of, um, it, it, it's given me a few lessons on what you actually do need to make it easy. Um, we obviously, we, we fought and we defended um, and we, we were lucky enough to, to save um, the sheds and the house. Um, yep. So the only thing we really lost was was the fencing um, yep. uh, and a coffee tree. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd planted a, a coffee a coffee tree about three weeks before the fire, and that was about about the only ornamental tree that we lost. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it sort of just taught me that um, that that having more water points is. Um, is advantageous we we did a lot of work um with buckets um so my parents actually came down and helped out um because we weren't sure whether i was going to be able to get back up from sydney um if the roads were going to close so um mum and dad are are now up in armadale um or Mm -hmm. near armadale so they uh they came down and and just because i didn't want alex to be here by herself so um yeah so between the four of us um i was on the firefighter um pump and dad dad was on the garden hose um and and amy uh, sorry amy alex and mum um were uh were were running around um with buckets just putting out spot fires so yeah for sure yeah. Were, were you guys in an area that was actually told to evacuate uh, we we got a, a um, if you're going to leave leave now notice. So it sure. wasn't an evacuation notice. It was um, it was uh, if you're leaving leave now. Um, so yep. that that was at eleven thirty in the morning, and yep. we we had Alex's sister here. She'd just had a a, a bub, so he was only <laughs> um, a couple of months old, and and um, they actually unfortunately lost their house in the fire. Um, then they weren't far from us; they were sort of only two kilometres up the road. Um, so so Helen um, was always going to to evacuate, um, but they the, she came to our place first, um, just so that. Um, basically she was with us or with people um, and, and we could tell her when she needed to leave. Um, so it, well, we still weren't sure whether it was going to impact us because um, yep. there were predicted some predicted wind changes. Um, so we weren't 100% sure. We were just, um, we were right on the um, the the edge of where the fire came through initially um we're on the the sort of the southern flank of it if you like um and so we weren't sure whether it was going to hit us or not um but yeah unfortunately it did uh, it did hit us <laughs> um so yeah so it was um it was interesting we we sat down um about oh five, six weeks ago to, and I wrote a, a, a piece for my website because um, we've mm-hmm. named named one of the, the my roasts, one of my blends after um, the, the, the fire that uh, that impacted us. It was called the Hillville Fire. So we named one of our 
blends, the Hillville blend, <laughs> um, just because it's had a bit of an impact on our our journey yep. to, to to where we are now. And um, I got to say, out of the um, out, out out of the four roasts that you do, um, Hillville is probably my favourite, easily my favourite. Yeah, no, it's it's um, yeah, it is. It's 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 a good. Um, nice sort of well-rounded roast um sort of made it to to appeal to the masses um so that you know it, it works for for filter um as well as uh as well as espresso um yep. so yeah no that's yeah that, i'm glad glad to hear that because that's what we were going for <laughs> <laughs> um was it was it quite surreal and chilling being on the receiving end of a if you're going to leave leave now yeah yeah it, um it was, um, as I said, we were, I was fairly confident in in defending the property just because um, our our property used to be a, a nursery, so we've got a very large cleared um, building site. So mm-hmm. um, it's sort of uh, to the to the western edge of the bush from our house is uh, is probably about uh, eighty to one hundred meters of, of yeah, setback. Okay. So. Um, and, yep. and, and the fire was coming at us from the West. So, um, as I said, we'll, I was fairly confident in, in being able to like being defendable, but yeah, it was, it was a little bit different. Um, and, and having Alex, um, and mum as well, uh, there, they hadn't experienced it before. Um, so yep. my, my dad and myself are obviously, um, pretty experienced, um, as volunteer fireys, um, yep. So I think dad's dad's up to about thirty six or thirty seven years, and I'm I'm sitting at twenty one. So, um, wow. so yeah, we, we knew what to expect, but um, but having sort of yeah, Alex saying, oh, you know, what's that noise? And it's like, oh, well, that's actually the fire. You know, when it sounds sounds like a freight train coming at you, you know, you, you, you know, it's pretty close. Um, yep. And and the other well not interesting um, slightly worrying thing that happened that day is that um, before the the fire hit us um, we started to hear a, a series of explosions um, and we couldn't figure out what it was um, there was multiple explosions and there's a there's a quarry that's not far from us so I was thinking oh maybe they you know maybe their their explosive storage was going up but it was too um, the explosions were too too far apart for that to happen, and, and uh, what it turned out being was a semi trailer that had got trapped on the on the highway um, by the fire. He couldn't turn around, so what he did was drop his trailers off and, and just drove the truck away. Yep. Um, and it was the tires exploding on the truck. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so 18, 18 um, split rims exploding, <laughs> um, and that's what we what we were hearing. Uh, yeah, and it was about half an hour before the, the fire actually. Oh no, not not that long. Probably fifteen minutes before the fire hit. So yeah, it was quite yeah, interesting. Right. Yeah, I remember. Um, it's it's probably it's probably one of the worst feelings of. Uh, and and I've been in this situation more than once now. Um, knowing that there's a there's a fire impacting uh, friends somewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, and you're not necessarily stuck somewhere, but you, there's. You, I mean, my my responsibility was was to the to the town here but yeah i was I, I i remember sitting on sitting on comms sitting on the radio and listening to the comms chatter around um, blackhead and halliday's point and it was it was intense it yeah. was genuinely intense yeah and yeah it was um it was 
intense and it was particularly intense for this part of the country. Um, they, it's, it's normally, a lot of the places that burnt are normally swamp. Um, so it was just the combination of the drought that we had last, well, for the last three, three years really up here. Um, yeah. and, and that fire um, weather, uh, places that now um, are a metre underwater. Um, I remember going out to um, 12, 12 weeks after the fire, um, we went to a reignition um, and it had just been burning underground through the the the, the, the peak really. Um, yep. the, the um, and it had been burning underground, and it had hit a tree and, and it burnt the tree. And, and somebody saw it and called triple zero. And um, that was twelve weeks after the fire. And I remember stepping in, um, and I went knee deep in ash. Um, and it, wow. it, it just it was just. And now you drive past and it's underwater. It was just that combination. <laughs> so. Um, you know, the, the bush up here shouldn't burn like it did. Um, and so I think that's that's why um, it, it had that devastating effect because, um, you know, a lot of the places you couldn't do hazard reduction burns because it's normally too wet to burn, um, even yeah, in the middle of yep. summer. It's it's too wet to burn, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you were saying before that you've done 20-odd years um, as a volunteer now. Um, I remember... Um, I remember growing up and, and, and both of us and both our, our fathers um, uh, being quite heavily involved in the local volunteer bushfire brigades. And I think um, much, much like our experiences um, you know, growing up as, as kids running around the bush, I think it, it gave us a, um, a unique perspective on, um, on, on fire and bushfire behavior. And I, I think growing up in the Blue Mountains as well, it, you know, it was almost every, every summer it was, you know, um, bushfire threats and, you know, um, you know, getting ready for this and getting ready for that. And I, I remember, you know, um, you know, making sandwiches and packing, packing bags for my dad and, yep. you know, he'd be gone for a couple of days and, and I'm sure your family was the same as yep. well. So yep. it was, um, you know, we, we, we definitely no strangers to it. Um, it definitely gave, gave me a very unique perspective and, um, was it always, um, cause obviously coming back from Perth, um, did you, did you, uh, rejoin your local, uh, volunteer bushfire brigade again, fairly, fairly quickly or, uh, yeah, so we, um, I, I went and, uh, and spoke to them, um, in, when was it about, October, um, I think they had an open day at the shed. So I went and spoke to them and uh, introduced myself and um, got an application form um, to, to transfer my membership. Mm -hmm. Sort of hadn't gone anywhere um, because obviously the, the fires were already starting to impact um, <laughs> yep. us up here. Um, and so I, I remember actually... Um, uh, messaging your uh, your auntie <laughs> to to yep. see if I was still on the books um, up up the mountains, um, yep. and I was still still on the books up at, at Bullabara. Um, so I was able to jump on the truck um, uh, straight away with these guys as a member of, of a different brigade. Um, yep. So yeah, basically yeah, um, I think I was on the truck two days after the fires. Um, yeah right. I was yep. uh, yeah went went out and did a. a um, a night shift and we were still sort of mopping up around home as well. So it was, yep. um, I, I sort of basically, yeah, it was a, about a 30 hour stretch that I did. 
<laughs> and uh, and I can completely um, understand when you know the the road traffic people say that um, tiredness is is you know equivalent uh, to being drunk because I remember trying to back a trailer when I got home after the night shift. I was trying to back a trailer down to the dam to fill it fill um, um, a water drum back up. Um, so Alex could water some trees and also um, mop up around around our property. And yep. if there's, you know, there's a couple of things that I can do well in life and backing a trailer is one of them. <laughs> you know, I, I, I like that's a, a, a pride, you know, for me, like I could back a trailer. And uh, this day I just could, I could not back it. Like I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it. I couldn't get it to go straight and, and I just had to give up, and I like, uh, yeah, I just said, oh, I can't do this. I I need to go have a, I need to need to go have a sleep. <laughs> so, it, um, yeah, so it was it was a bit of an interesting. Um, How yeah. long did you sleep for afterwards? Uh, I think I got not long, maybe um, maybe four hours or something. Um, yeah, as I said, we were still sort of we were a bit what bit. Um, apprehensive because that was the day. So I went out. That was the Monday night. I think I went out, and then the Tuesday, um, the Tuesday was the catastrophic fire weather that was forecast uh, basically yes. statewide. Um, yep. And we had we still had a lot of stuff on fire and uh, and um, smouldering around the property. Yep. So we were sort of pretty worried about embers. Um, reigniting some of the unburnt um areas that we'd sort of managed to keep unburnt (laughs) so yeah so i I sort of didn't sleep too much i was pretty keen (laughs) to to get up and and just keep an eye on things so yeah i remember um uh of that december january period i i i can honestly say i i I don't think i i don't think i slept very much i I don't think uh, sleep came very easy and um again um you and i have a have a very very unique perspective on it um so but it was it was kind of funny like the for like the 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 world kept on the world kept on turning like people still went out and did their shopping and stuff like that and i remember i remember seeing on the on the on the news and on the media um you know people complaining about the smoke and how bad it was and (laughs) you know and 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 in sydney and and it's it's the only time when um, in in that time where where the fire se- seemed to make the media, where, where you know it was too smoky in town and people had to wear masks, which is which is kind of ironic now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if only they knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely an inter- interesting time. Yeah. Somewhere in there, um, you um, you got diagnosed with MS. Yeah. Yep. Um... So can you remember what year that was? And where you were? Uh, what year? Would have been. Where were we up to? Um, I think it would have been about two, uh, 2000 and, oh, 2005, maybe? 2000, okay. Yeah, some, somewhere there. Not, uh, yeah, 2007, maybe. Um, okay. Yeah, so I was. Um, I just moved into the house that we were talking about earlier, actually, in uh, in Leichhardt. Um, yep. Literally, yeah, I think like, we were in there for, for a week or, or two weeks or something. We we, we didn't have the internet still. Um, uh, so I remember that um, 
because yeah, so we uh, I'd had a fairly big weekend, um, shall we say, <laughs> partying Friday, Saturday and, uh, nights, and then um, some friends of mine, uh, Jess and Damien, uh, came over on the on the Sunday afternoon, and we had some uh, sangria and cheese and bickies on our balcony looking over the city um and then yeah on the monday morning i uh i woke up and i had double vision both my eyes weren't looking in the same direction um okay and uh and i was sitting on the couch and, and it was a big share house there was four of us in there and we only had one bathroom and uh yep. and jason my flatmate had already uh was already in the bathroom so i was sitting on the couch and i think it was in my box of shorts waiting waiting for him to get out of the, the, the shower and he he got out and he's like, are you all right? And I said, oh, yeah, I think I'm oh, just, you know, maybe a bit hungover or something. I'm just a bit double visioned. I'll have a shower and I'll be right and yep. go to work. And he's like, dude, you can't go to work. I'm like, oh, no, it'll be fine. He's like, you can't drive because at that stage I was commuting out to St. Mary's. So it was, you know, 45 minutes an hour uh, in the car. And, uh, and I said, oh, I'll just have a, uh, have a shower and see what happens. And I had a shower and, and nothing improved. And so I... Uh, I called, called my old man, who also happened to be, be my boss, and said, I'm not coming into work today. I've got some double <laughs> vision. And um, not really thinking about it. Like, knowing what I know now, um, double vision is a, is a fairly strong um, neural indicator. So it's a, it's yep. a, a fairly um, serious sort of symptom um, of, yep. of many different things. But um, it's something that you should definitely get checked out if you ever wake up with double vision. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so my old man um, told me to basically go lie down in the, in the dark because um, you know that helps um, with some of the discomfort. And uh, and and he came down and, and took me to the doctor. And the doctor said, "Well, why are you seeing me? He should be in emergency." So <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went into emergency. But the, the whole time I couldn't because um, my my vision was off. My balance was also off. So I thought sure. I was walking straight but I was walking like at an angle. So I yep. was like, I couldn't stand up straight. Um, and so it probably looked like I was, uh, you know, really drunk or something and stumbling. But, um, yeah, walked into emergency and um, and and the nurse uh, nurse took one look at me and basically checked me straight in. And, uh, and, and that led to a few problems later on because... Um, my dad uh, filled out the administration uh, admission paperwork, I should say, and uh, and dad's being dad uh, got my birthday wrong. Um, <laughs> so, um, and I don't know if you know if you've ever had uh, a neurological issue uh, where they have to take observations of you. One of the yep. questions that they ask you oh, a lot is your birthday. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> So I probably spent three days in hospital that I didn't need to stay because um, every uh, I, I had observations every hour. So they were they, yep. they came and saw me every hour of the day right through the night as well. They'd wake me up every uh, every hour and they'd say, you know, what's what's your name? What's the date? What's your birthday? And I'd, I'd you know get my name and the date right, and then I'd get to my birthday. And they and and it took me three days to cotton on that they were giving me a strange look when I got to my birthday, <laughs> and uh, and I said, you keep giving me a strange look um, when I say my, my birthday, and they said, oh, that, that's because it's not actually your birthday, Chris. You're actually getting it wrong. And I'm like, no, that's my birthday. 
and uh, and they said, "Oh no, no, it's it, it's on our paperwork. It's actually this." And, I, and so that's when I cottoned on that you know, Dad had uh, Dad had filled in the paperwork and he'd filled it in wrong. So I was I was checked out later that day. <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, what is MS? Um, so MS is uh, multiple sclerosis. Um, it's a it's when it's an autoimmune disease. So what happens is that your uh, your your body's immune system that's uh, designed to, to defend you from lots of different uh, external pathogens um, and bodies uh, mistakes part of your body for one of those pathogens that it needs to 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 destroy and uh and in the case of ms your white blood cells start to attack uh your your nerves um and a particular part of your nerve called the myelin sheath um so if you think of your uh your nerves as an electrical cable the signals run down the center um, of the nerve down the copper of an electrical cable and the myelin sheath is the insulating layer um, and it's a fatty uh, sheath, uh, fatty, uh, fatty layer that covers the, the myelin, uh, sorry, the, the nerve. Um, and so it basically just helps the, the signal travel down the nerve without, um, without shorting out, I guess, is, is um, to, to carry that uh, comparison on. Um, sure. And so what happens is the, the, the signals don't um, travel down the nerves properly, properly yep. um, and that can lead to lots of different issues. Um, so in, in my case, um, some of the symptoms that I've had um, were obviously the double vision, the, the diplopia, um, that was yep. straight away. Um, and then I've had um, some weakness and... and um, uh, numbness in my extremities, my hands and my feet, um, yep. and also some tremors um, and proprioception problems. So um, not knowing where my feet are. Um, okay. So that sort of led to some gait issues. Um, yep. But um, touch wood, um, I've been uh, basically symptom-free um, for it be about five years now. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so I, I, when I moved back over to, to Sydney, we came and started seeing a new neurologist and he said, if I didn't know your, your history, I'd say, you know, you didn't have MS, you're, you've got a disability score of zero. So wow. I'm, I'm, yeah, very lucky, um, very lucky with my disease progression. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's sort of part of the reason that... Um, of, of the you know the midlife crisis was uh, I learnt that one of my triggers was stress. Um, sure. Okay. And yeah, so that's why I sort of got out of the corporate world. Um, there was a yep. bit too much stress. <laughs> um, yep. Sure. And um, I can handle my own stress, you know, with um, people saying, oh, you know, running a small business is stressful, but it's my stress. So, like, it's, yep. it, it, you know, um, I know how to fix it. Whereas, you know, when when other people come to you with problems, you know, they can be fairly drastic and especially in uh, the hazardous waste industry that I was working uh, yes. in, <laughs> yep. those problems can be fairly drastic. So. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so basically, yes. Yeah, since I got into coffee um, out of out of the corporate world, I, I haven't really looked back uh, health wise either. So yeah. Okay. So other than um, other than a job change, um, has it really changed much in your like day to day or general lifestyle? No, not really. Um, 
attitude probably a little bit. Um, we sort of, um, I don't know how to put it. We we do what we want. <laughs> so yeah, sure. it, it's yep. the. I mean the um, the the four month holiday last year. We sort of figure. You know why put off till tomorrow what you can do today. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, it's just sort of about. Um, yeah, a little bit of an attitude change. So yeah, yep. yeah. I think um, uh, just as long as you've got the means to do it, I, I don't think that's a bad attitude. Just just in general, no. um, I feel that a lot of people sort of you know hang off and hang off and you know don't do things, and then suddenly you know you're forty with two kids and you know a, a couple of million dollar mortgage, and you're you're stuck. You can't do anything. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. That's why. Yeah, we we sort of. Yeah, decided to, to make the change up the coast, um, particularly for that reason. You know, um, we're on a pretty good wicket up here in, in terms of we, we're on 31 acres and um, our, our mortgage repayments is, you know, half of what we'd be paying rent in Sydney for a for a uh, two which two 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 bedroom apartment, you know, <laughs> which um, which which let's be honest isn't very hard because Sydney Sydney property prices are ridiculous. Oh, it's crazy. I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how people do it. You know, I yeah, that's just crazy. We so we have friends that that just uh, that not long ago bought a house. Yep. Uh, and they talked them down, and they they reckon they got it at a bargain price at two million dollars. Oh Jesus! Like that is <laughs> I, I I can't I can't even I can I can't even fathom like the mortgage repayments or how much you would have to work to to stay afloat or how you would afford to have a family and something like that. But no, no. I, I guess I guess everything's relative. But holy hell, let's just. I, I can't even I can't no. even can't even do the maths on it. No, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah we made that decision. It was a conscious decision when we moved back from Perth that we were sort of um, yeah we weren't going to fall into that lifestyle. Um, yeah, just because it's it's as you say it's unsustainable. <laughs> mm, absolutely. So, so you're, uh, you're you're on a property. You're on your own business. You're happily married. Yep. Uh, what does the um, what does the future hold? Where do you um, where do you where do you hope to take your business? Um, at the moment, I'm sort of just happy w- with it the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sort of just running it myself. Um, Running it from the property, which is nice. So the uh, the twenty second commute in the morning is pretty uh, <laughs> pretty advantageous. <laughs> Do you um, find it hard to split your like your casual like non work life to your work life, working from like running the business from home? Um, I, I have in the past. Um, uh, I'm trying to make a conscious effort, sort of not to do work stuff on the weekend. Um, sure, and that's. Um, pretty easy at the moment because we've got lots of stuff around the property that needs doing. <laughs> um, sure. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it, I, I, I have in the past found it very difficult when I, uh, when I first moved to Perth, I was, I was working from home and I found that very hard. Um, having the discipline to, to keep working when you could, you know, go and play with the dog or, you know, yep. um, mow the lawn or do any of those sorts of things. I found that very hard. But when it's your own business, it's a little bit easier, I think. Um, sure. Yep. So, yeah. Um, your coffee company, do you want to give it a quick plug while we're here? Yeah. So uh, it's called Journey Made. Um, you can uh, find us at 
uh, www.journeymade.com.au. Um, just a small uh, roastery. We, we um, focus on quality over quantity. So we, we want to make sure everybody uh, has a good experience with our coffee. Um, and I'm, I'm just about to start um, sort of putting up some more um, informational videos on, on how to. Um, and part of that, I think you're going to help me with. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, so about to start doing that sort of stuff. So yeah, look forward to the future and um, yeah, it's pretty bright at the moment. Excellent. Can we find you on social media? Yeah, so um, on uh, Facebook and Instagram at uh, Journey Made. Um, Excellent. Yeah, or very, at Journey Made cool. Coffee, I should say. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, so on, the, on the, the socials. Excellent. Now, just to close us up, um, what is your favorite brewing method for a cup of coffee? And what is, the, uh, what is, what, what is your preferable way to actually brew it? Okay, that's difficult because I like lots of different methods. Um, <laughs> my my day to day, like I'll always have an espresso. Um, yep. So I, I I generally have um, like a, um, a little piccolo, um, so a little single shot um, with a little bit of milk. Yeah. Um, so I'll I'll have a piccolo most most days. Um, I do love uh, a, a pour over. Um, yep. filter coffee um, and I, I particularly like those with sort of um, some of the single origins um, so I'm developing a, a, a Tanzanian at the moment that um, that I think is going to be really good for that um, so I haven't Very quite nice. released that at the moment um, but I also like then um, AeroPress uh, when I'm travelling so when we were yep. travelling around the world uh, last year we, I took my AeroPress and a hand grinder um, with me everywhere we went and I'd buy beans as we, we went along. And, oh, and, nice. Yeah, yeah, so I had, um, yeah, so everywhere I went, whether it be on a train, I think, the, the, yeah, I, I was making a coffee on a train from um, from Germany to Croatia uh, <laughs> and uh, was getting all sorts of interesting looks because um, the, the carriage just filled up with fresh, fresh ground <laughs> coffee smell and everybody's looking at me because I, I had my own thermos full of hot water. And, uh, Excellent. Yeah, so I'll always have coffee and always have a means to make it wherever I am. <laughs> It's in my fire brigade kit bag as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I've I've got an AeroPress as well. I love it. Um, yeah. Did you did you ever get into like cold drip filter or anything like that? Yeah. So yeah, I um, not so much cold drip. Um, I I do cold brew um, in the summer. Um, mm -hmm. So same same but different. Um, uh, and I I love uh, nitro cold brew. So I'm a I'm a home brewer as well. So I've got all the the kegging equipment for my beer. So I use that for, um, for, for kegging some cold brew as well and, and, and serving it on nitrogen, like a, like a Guinness, if you like, it, <laughs> it comes out. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, are you willing to share your, um, your pour over ratios or is that a, uh, is, is that a closely guarded secret? No, well, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm just about to put it on the web for everyone. So it's, I mean, it's a fairly industry standard is what I use. Um, which is uh, 20 grams of uh, 20 grams of ground coffee um, to 300 mils of, of water. Um, if you want to get really technical, you can have it at 93 degrees. Um, but 
just as long as it's not boiling. Um, so off the boil, um, and then uh, and then I, I normally do what's called a bloom. So you use um, about 40 grams of coffee just to saturate. Sorry, 40 grams of water just to saturate the coffee. Um, and you do that about 30 seconds just to let all the gases um, come out of the coffee. That's why it's called a bloom because the, the coffee actually expands during that um, that uh, portion of the brew. And then, yeah, basically you, the, the, the rest of the, the water um, over the next sort of two and a half minutes um, for a total brew time of about three minutes. That should give you a pretty decent cup of coffee. Excellent. Well, in, in saying all that, I'm going to go have a coffee. Perfect. Sounds good. I'm, <laughs> I'm already done for the day. I can't, um, I can't do any more coffees. I'm already caffeined out. So um, <laughs> maybe a hot chocolate. <laughs> ah, very good. Very, very good. Mate, thank you very much for, um, for, for taking time out of your very busy schedule to, uh, to talk to me. And, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yeah, I um, the um, the the production company is um, is shooting your promo video this weekend, which I'm super super excited about. So yeah, I, I can't awesome. wait. It's uh, yeah, can't wait to, to to see the results. I um I know that it's uh, going to be spectacular. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Thank you very much for talking to me, and I will catch up with you another time. All good. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Chris. The opinions or views expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the host or guest and do not represent those of the people, institutions or organizations that the host or guest may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company or individual.